Every single one of us has been given gifts, been equipped for the mission that the Lord has for us. But do you realize that and do you believe that? This is part two of The Difference Pentecost Makes. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Leadership Podcast. I'm Pete Burak. We're so delighted you're here. Miguel's behind the screen making sure this looks and sounds perfect. And this is part two of a three-part series on what difference Pentecost makes in the life of a Spirit-Filled leader. So if you haven't watched part one, I highly recommend it, not only because I think it was pretty good, but also because it gives the context for what we're going to be talking about today and kind of gives the story behind why we're focusing on Pentecost in the life of a spirit-filled leader. So I'm totally fine if you want to pause this video, go to part one, watch that, or listen to that on your podcast, and then come back to us. That'd be great. Um, But either way, you can still enjoy this because we're going to be talking about now, we saw in part one that one of the major differences between before and after Pentecost for the apostles was courage. Today, the second thing we're going to focus on is charisms. Again, remember, all three parts are going to have a, a word that starts with C. So courage was the first one. Charisms is the second thing. So what do I mean by charisms? Charisms is a fancy word basically to describe the supernatural power and gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us for the purpose of building the kingdom of God. Their charisms are different from this the, the kind of efficacious holiness-inducing gifts that the Spirit builds in us through our baptism and confirmation. We receive charisms in a particular way for a particular purpose in a particular moment. So what do I mean by that? It's not, these are not charisms, they're not something that you would necessarily have for your entire life. They're not something that we, um, that the Spirit just kind of continues and perpetuates without a purpose to it. The point of the charisms is to empower you, to empower the body of Christ to build the kingdom. And the source, best source text for understanding these gifts is in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Listen to this. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of working, but it's the same God who inspires them all and everyone. So the first thing we have to recognize, again, about the charisms is that they're supernatural. They come from the Lord. They come from the Holy Spirit. And their end, their aim, is faith, conversion, the building of the kingdom, the building of the body of Christ. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, for the common good. So all of us are given supernatural gifts for the common good. There's the gifts of the Spirit that, you know, we we talk about in like the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians or the Old Testament gifts of the Spirit. Those are common to everyone because those are really designed to help us be holy. But there's a particular manifestation of the Spirit, particular outpouring of the Spirit or a release in the Spirit for different people for different things. And this is what Paul describes. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another by the faith, to to another faith by the same Spirit, by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are inspired by the one and same Spirit who apportions to each individually as he wills. So a couple of things I would like to highlight. First, once again, the origination, where these gifts come from, the power to heal, the power to 
to utter a word of wisdom, the power to have a word of knowledge, the power to do miracles comes from God. This is not human talent. This is not like a personality test. This is a supernatural outpouring, a release of God's power in our life so that the kingdom can be built. And very often that release is tied to the witness of the gospel because the gospel itself can be difficult to understand. It can be hard to believe. And so the Lord inspires, empowers the people of God to preach the word, but then also to confirm the word. And a good way to think about it is the the Spirit is um, producing something out of our poverty, not out of our strength. I love the the moment in Acts where Peter and John are on their way to the, the temple and there's a beggar by the side of the road and that asks for something and Peter says, I don't have anything to give you, but what I can give you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. Peter there's a poverty to Peter in that moment. He's like, I got nothing. And I can't heal you myself, but in the name of Jesus Christ, something amazing can happen in your life. And why does Peter do that? Well, it always originates from love. And the starting point of all love is God. And so God's love poured into our hearts then inspires us to love others. And the whole point of charisms is to develop a civilization of love. The whole point of charisms is to develop in others the awareness and the belief and the expectation and the hope that they are loved, that they can respond to that love, that that love can transform them, set them free, set them on a new path, and then they can go be loved to others. And this is why the body of Christ is so important. Paul goes on in Corinthians where he talks about we're not all hands, we're not all feet, we're not all eyes. We all have a different role to play and the body is healthy. The body is functioning at kind of firing on all cylinders when all the various gifts and charisms are present. When the people of God, when spiritual leaders identify what people are gifted for and commission them into that and they start to utilize it. Charisms are not helpful if we don't ask for them. Charisms are not helpful if we don't believe they're possible and that they, the Lord wants to do things through us. And charisms are not helpful unless we actually try it. You know, um, in order for the Lord, I mean, the Lord can heal somebody however, whenever he wants. That's above my pay grade. But very often, the way physical healing takes place in the world today is a believer prays for healing for somebody else and a believer who has the charism of healing. And the, the, the goal of that healing, again, is not just to restore something physically that's disordered, but to bring about faith in the heart of the person healed and very often the people around that person who are healed. The amazement of, oh my gosh, that person had cancer and now no longer does, brings about expectation and hope and faith that God is moving and he's real and there's a life that he has for us that I can respond to. So as a spirit-filled leader, one of the things we have to be aware of is that we have been given charisms and that we should ask for charisms and we should act in our charisms. We should discern our charisms and we should do the same in others and we should create environments where that whole process is possible in others. And, you know, I, I've prayed many, many times for people to be physically healed. Um, so far, nobody I've ever personally prayed over has been physically healed in my presence, which is fine because that's not my job. I can't heal anybody. He can. Jesus can. And if he wants to heal that person in that moment, I believe he will. And uh, I believe they're going to be healed one way or another once they enter into the throne room. And I know the Lord has a perspective on every suffering. 
And sometimes his perspective is an immediate healing. Sometimes his perspective is a later healing. Sometimes his perspective is you're going to be healed through modern medicine. Sometimes his perspective is um, I'm teaching you something through the suffering or inviting you to unite the suffering with mine. His perspective is what I care about. But I know he commissioned us and asked us to pray for people to be healed. So I do. Now, I've had many, many instances of words of knowledge, which is that kind of infused Holy Spirit inspired idea or thought or image that when you're praying with somebody, you, you you express something that you couldn't possibly know about them. The Lord gave you wisdom and understanding and knowledge about that. Again, you speak that word, and a lot of times that's the thing that opens the door of their hearts to receive greater grace. I've had many, 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 many instances of that. And again, it's not my power. It's not just my like creative imagination. It's the Holy Spirit has commissioned me, has empowered me through this charism in those particular moments to build the kingdom. So what do we see in the apostles after Pentecost? They are powerful. They are anointed. They are bold in their use and utilization of the various charisms. I mean, everywhere they go, they expect to see Pentecost happen. And so they pray with people. They pray in tongues. They prophesy. There's words of wisdom. There's healings. There's all the things that Paul's talking about here are expressed in the church post-Pentecost. Because those spirit-filled leaders left the upper room with a release of the charisms that the Holy Spirit brings. So, second thing that changes. First, courage. Second, charisms. Courage, the ability to persevere and do the good even when it hurts. And charisms, power. Dynamite. Explosive change is possible both internally and externally because of what the Holy Spirit does in and through the hearts of believers. Okay, this has been the Spirit-Filled Leadership Podcast. This is part two of what happens after Pentecost. Tune back in in a couple weeks for part three, another word that starts with C. You know, go ahead and comment. See if you can predict what it is. And uh, yeah, go back and watch part one if you haven't seen it. And we'll stay with you coming forward. And we're so grateful you're with us. Thanks, Miguel. Well done. We'll see you next time. God bless. Come, take my hand. We'll dance on grace.